0: The Florida Gators are undergoing a culture change with Billy Napier. We'll have a bit of a Twitter Tuesday and we'll preview today's Gators women's basketball game versus Murray State only here on Locked on Gators. You are locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free right where you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Don't be rude. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of of whole9sports.com. You've got all of my written work. Um, I know I've been asked this question. We're having an episode every day this week. Uh, there's not going to be like holiday break um, just because I don't think I need it. <laughs> so, so there's not going to be. Um, obviously also going to be a looser week this week because we've got the bowl game, which we'll review Friday. We'll preview Thursday. We'll probably preview on tomorrow's episode as well. But today we're talking about the culture change happening at Florida. Billy napier baby i am so excited that he's here i'm so happy with everything that's going on and i'll I'll start with the obvious with him um recruiting that's something that florida has been so pissed about this whole with dan mullen really they've just been so pissed at the lack of bringing in top classes the lack of emphasis and openness with recruiting Billy Napier is the exact opposite. He's very open. He's very emphatic. He's very enthusiastic about it. And Billy Napier showed up the day after the conference championship game, after the Sun Belt championship game that he coached in and won, by the way. So Billy Napier showed up the day after that game, and he got his introductory press conference. And then the next day, he was on the road in recruits' houses, talking to them and recruiting them to Florida to be a Gator under him. He added assistant coaches with proven track records as recruiters. Even if it's not super long tenured or super long track records, they've still got their track records as proven recruiters. And he's got some guys with more experience than others, of course. He's added support staff that specialize in recruiting, like Katie Turner. Specialized in recruiting, and that gets to be their entire focus. Because, I mean, look, I've said it before, I'm saying it now and I'll probably say it again at some point, Billy Napier did a great job recruiting at Louisiana, not LSU, Louisiana. He was the number one Sunbelt class two years in a row, and now he's here with significantly more resources and significantly better recruiting staff than he was able to get now because he could pay for more of them, so still more resources. He's adding assistants and support staff that are from all over the country, giving Florida a better shot at expanding outside of just the Southeast. While again, he's got an army here. We've still got plenty of people that are going to specialize in the Southeast, but we can specialize now and or not specialize. We can expand to California. We can push a little more to the West from the Southeast where we can get more towards the LSU or Louisiana and Texas areas. His coaching staff wants to recruit. It's a talent acquisition business. And that's what we are going to keep talking about when we talk about transfer portal quarterbacks. Um, When we talk about recruiting guys, it's a talent acquisition business. Billy Napier knows that he's going to add as many good players as possible that are good fits for him and his system. The little things that need to be done is another huge thing that Billy Napier is adding to this culture change where everything that he says I don't know if you've watched a press conference of this, but everything that Billy Napier says in a press conference is intentional. And I'm not saying Dan Mullen was like a a bumbling idiot or anything like I am at some point, but he would either be snarky with media, um, which we've seen. He was a very sassy coach. It was entertaining. Like he's one of those guys where when things are good, he's hilarious. When things are bad, it's not cute to do that. So there's that. And then, he would say things without thinking, like Look at the recruiting season thing. I know Dan Wallen did not mean we're not recruiting right now. It's not recruiting season. No, he meant we're not going to talk about it because it's not early signing period. It's not almost early signing period. At the time that he said that, it was middle of the season. So he wasn't going to talk about recruiting. He wasn't going to talk about things that weren't happening right now in regards to the current season. Recruiting is talking about next season. So I, I get it where I I know what he meant. But obviously people are just going to be like, wow, he thinks it's not recruiting season. Not great to say if you're someone who already doesn't have a great reputation as a recruiter and already is someone that people are like, wow, he's lazy as a recruiter. So to be like, hey, it's not recruiting season. He doesn't care. That doesn't help your case at all. But Billy Napier, not the same situation. He's very open, very honest. we am talking about Tony Livingston, a recruit that he just signed on early signing day. He was like, look, Tony played his best ball in 10th grade. He's going to be in college. That's not that, like that's a few years off from 10th grade being your best year to joining a college team. That's a pretty big difference. But Billy Napier, he trusts him, he believes in him. And also, adding to social media is a huge thing. Like, we've seen the Florida, if with every sport, their social media staff kind of be more, uh, their social media team kind of be more open and be allowed to do more and experiment more and have more fun. And that's great. Think of 2019 LSU, as much as we hate LSU, look at that 2019 team and their social media team was so good. Their social media team was, you know, Joe Burrow smoking the cigar with his leg crossed, chilling on the couch, fun stuff like that, where we might hate it. And the the get the gat videos, like we might hate it, but guess what? That helps you blow up on social media. That helps your school get more attention. And I get it. We're Florida. They're LSU. You don't need more attention. But it matters when you look at recruits where they go, uh, you know, it's dope as a player to know that if you play well, you're going to be spotlighted in a really cool way. It's great. Like Joe Burrow, he played well. He got rewarded with the spotlight with the cigar and hanging out with his arm open and, and things like that. And it's going to help when you look at NIL because that wasn't a thing with 2019 LSU, but now a school social media presence is more important than ever because if you are constantly on their social media page and their social media team is constantly working to get you out there, you are going to get more followers. And when you get more followers, you get more engagement and more impressions. And when you get more engagement, and more impressions, you get more money. So that's going to be big with social media. And it really helps generate NFL draft type. I'm not saying that a player is going, I'm not saying, oh, Kyrie are would be nothing without a social media presence. No. But if you look at players that are not highly sought after, but they get spotlighted on their social media team, whenever they make a highlight play, that's going to help generate hype and an NFL team might see you return a kick for a touchdown and blow up because the team posted it and stuff like that, where maybe they give you a look if you're a late day three guy, or if you're an undrafted player, Maybe they give you that look and they're like, okay, you know, he's worth it. And you get a shot. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to get you to the NFL to have a good social media team, but it could help you get noticed a little bit if you've got that social media presence going out there for you. And with a team like Florida doing it, that's fantastic. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. It belongs to you. But on your backswing, your hat falls right over your eyes. Is that how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, which is Less than two weeks away at this point. That sucks. Um, Netsuite is offering a one of a kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockdown Head to netsuite.com slash lockdown NCA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash lockdown ncaa Thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube because, I mean, I like it. I have fun. I, I'll tell you now because we're about to get into Twitter Tuesday, so it's already talking about social media stuff. I enjoy YouTube more than anything else. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I do because YouTube has comments where I can directly reply, where like Apple Podcasts has reviews, but you should leave one if you enjoy the show. Uh, or if you don't, let me know. I got to get better. But, um, you know, I, I can directly reply to YouTube comments, and that's more fun. We have fun in the comments. It's a blast. But talking about Twitter Tuesday, I got a few questions, whether they were Twitter DMs or YouTube comments, where I, I acknowledge them at the time, and I'm still going to answer on the show here because it's, it's like in school when your teacher's like, oh, like, you know, if you have a question, ask it, because odds are if you have a question, other kids in the class have that same question. So that's what we're doing. First off, what should we take away from the bowl game value-wise? Um, I, I, I think it's very easy to say, the recruiting win is huge. Um, I, I mean, really, that, really that this is the question. What should we take away from the bowl game? And I have a few answers for it. Um, the recruiting win—that—that's that, huge because if Central Florida wins, that will one hundred percent give them a, not a leg up in recruiting, but another thing they can bring over Florida in recruiting. Where they can say, "Why would you want to go to the school we just beat?" They don't care about who's playing in the bowl game, and none of that. Why would you bring? Why would you go to the school that we just beat? simple as that this is a bigger bowl game than most and it's and it's not because the bowl itself it's because of the opponent it's because who Florida's playing they're playing Central Florida Florida beat Florida State last time Florida Miami played Florida beat Miami Florida Central Florida this is it you know you win this one and then in the past what three years you've got wins over all the other big Florida schools already beat FAU already beat South Florida this year so you've got wins over all the Florida programs you win this game. You establish yourself as the Kings of Florida. We already know we are, but you win this game and you establish it as an undeniable, unequivocal fact that you have there. And Gus Malzahn, the head coach of Central Florida, he's no chump. Like, I don't, I, I don't get why people are like, oh, it's a Central Florida. We're not going to. Gus Malzahn has a winning pedigree established at the SEC level. They don't care where you're at now. They Where you've been, you get to still brag about that. So he's got an established winning pedigree at the SEC level. Florida can't say that. Billy Napier can't say he's got an established winning pedigree as a head coach at the SEC level. He could say with the Sun Belt, and he could be like, hey, look, this was recent. You know, Gus Malzahn won it in 2013. They won the SEC, and he's done a great job at Central Florida so far. He's legitimately going to build that program up more and challenge Florida in recruiting. But when you look at it now, if Florida loses to Central Florida, Gus Malzahn gets to say, hey, look. I've won an SEC championship before. I just beat Florida. Come to Central Florida, make some stuff happen, win some games, win some championships, and let's have some fun and let's do this thing. And Central Florida could very well change with all the conference realignments like going on. Who knows if they wind up in the SEC at some point. So that's big that Florida should win this game. That's what you need to take away from. Recruiting matters a lot in this game. I get it. It's a bowl game that's not going to get you to the playoff, obviously, and it's a bowl game that's not going to get you anything special, really. But when you look at recruiting, this matters. And we're talking a lot about recruiting with Florida recently, and we're going to keep doing it because it matters a ton. And Florida, you got to win this game because you need to have that recruiting leg over everybody in the state of Florida. And then underclassmen playing is another big thing to look for in this game. Dan Mullen said early in the year that they messed up one player's redshirt status, and that's Nick Elksis, the freshman tight end. Um, for those of you who don't know how the red shirt works, a red shirt or a player that is planning on marking this year as a red shirt, they're allowed to play in a maximum of four games. If they play in five games, they burn their red shirt and they are no longer a red shirt player, and so they cannot have the extra year of eligibility, which matters a lot. And burning your fifth game in the and burning your red shirt in a fifth game in the bowl game seems very useless because at that point. Why didn't you just play the whole year if you're going to play? So th- that's the player that they burned. Nick Alexis is the player that they mess up his red shirt um, because he's already played four games where most coaches play him three games and then a bowl game. But Nick Alexis had his red shirt burned. I believe he played in uh, the FAU, South Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee games. So if he were to play in Central Florida, that would be his fifth game and burn his red shirt. But that matters when you look at a lot of people. Like, I know that I've spoken to people in the YouTube comments about, you know, um, Carlos Del Rio wilson Jalen Kitna. They're both eligible to play in this game without hurting their redshirt status at all. So if it's a blowout or if Emery struggles, don't be surprised to see them at all. There are multiple players on this team where you can see them play and keep their redshirt status. And that would be huge for Florida to keep these redshirts because, and I mean, also keep in mind, these are the guys that next year, you're going to see them play. A lot of football for the Florida Gators, assuming they don't transfer. That's another thing to talk about. We are going to get players that are going to transfer out. After this bowl game, I doubt it's going to be just emory I'm sure we'll probably see more backups and maybe a starter or two. And we're going to see guys going to the NFL draft. So we don't know exactly what this roster is going to look like. And we won't know exactly until spring camp. And even then we might lose a player or two to the transfer portal. So we don't know what this roster will look like but you get to look at the depth during this game because the depth usually plays a lot in a bowl game, especially if it's a game where Florida can go up big and go up early. Hopefully that'll happen. But, you know, when you look at this bowl game, I, I realize I named this Twitter Tuesday. I should have just named it the bowl game because that's all people asked about. And that's all I'm talking about right here. But um, that's something that, that really matters when you look at recruiting the bowl game. This win matters. Again, it's not the bowl specifically. It's who you're playing. You're playing the second team in the state of florida and that's central florida and you got to beat them and you look at the underclass in playing this is going to be where you see your guys who they are what they can do how they can help you how they're going to play next year are they ready to play next year or are they going to have not a redshirt season because you can't redshirt again just because you're not playing but are they going to sit on the bench for another year things like that you really need to find out I mean, when you look at again specifically our quarterbacks carlos Aurelio Wilson, Jalen real I, I think that they, I think at least one of them gets some playing time in this game. I'm not sure how much, I'm not sure what they'll do, but I think we see them play at least a little bit, just given that, why not? We, we've worked two quarterbacks systems this whole year. Why not give it a shot now with Anthony Richardson, almost definitely not playing in this game. So whether it's a blowout or Emory struggles, maybe we see the other two quarterbacks play. I don't know, but it's a great way to get an eye on these players who Carlos Cervos and Jalen Kidna. It seems like Billy Napier is 100% committed to having a quarterback competition next year and being very open to what's going to happen at quarterback. So at least keep an eye on them because you never know who's going to win a quarterback battle, even though we think we do. But yeah, you never know who's going to win it. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Prize Prize Fix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anywhere, and you will never find a better spot than it. And that's a very big thing to talk about because it is bowl season. So get your last opportunities to play Picks. really. Just get your last opportunity to make some extra money now because they have all-star players of the Power Five players in the mid-majors that you might have never heard of. Imagine the Sanford game in Fix against Florida. You would have nailed everything. PrizeFix allows mixed-sport entries. You can take the over on, uh, we'll go Colin Castleton rebounds, combine with the under on uh, Kiki Smith assists. Why not? Cross-sport is, yeah, I'm assuming men's basketball and women's basketball, mixed-sport, go ahead, in the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizeFix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizeFix is daily fantasy. Made easy. Now we're going to talk about the women's game versus Murray State that is happening today at 1 p.m. So if you're listening to this in the afternoon, might have already missed it, but I mean, hey, it's it's expected to be a pretty damn good game. Nine and three Florida Gators taking on the eight and two, on eight and two Murray State. And uh it, it, it's um I don't know how to say this because I'm usually a pretty optimistic person. Uh this game I don't think bodes well for the Florida Gators. I, I don't think this is a game where Florida um is favored or should be favored or really, again, I think they have a chance. I'm not saying they don't have a chance, but I think people are overlooking Murray state because it's a small school, but they've always been a basketball school. But Murray state has shown they're capable of putting up points consistently. I mean, Murray state averages 76 points per game. So yeah, they go great offense. Their defense is also very good, allowing just 58 points per game. That's fantastic. That's a better offense than Florida and a better defense than Florida. And that's saying something. The Gators allow 62 points per game, so Murray State allows four less points per game. And the Gators score 67 points per game, so Murray State scores nine more points per game. Murray State has a point differential of 18 points, where Florida's got a point differential of five. So this is a big game for the Florida Gators. You know, the last true great team that they played was NC State they got blown out of the water uh but again i mean the nc state's a top five team in the country but when you look at murray state they're a very good team that they're creeping their way up they're damn good at rebounding the ball too they are absolutely dominant on the rebounds i believe they have 45 rebounds per game and florida gators have about 38 so pretty solid difference there but the biggest concern for florida it, i mean there there should be a lot this is not a game where florida's Favored, and it's not a game where I'm super optimistic about Florida's chances. But when you look at this game, you look at Murray State's roster, you look at Caitlin Young. Caitlin Young is scoring 21 points per game and has almost nine rebounds per game. But that is not even the scariest thing about her because a lot of people could average 21 points per game if they put up a ton of shots. Caitlin Young. Kaitlyn young not doing that Kaitlyn young is shooting 71 percent from the field that is ridiculous like that, that is honestly insane to shoot 71 percent from the field and shoot 56 percent from three granted she hasn't attempted many threes she's attempted maybe 10 threes in the year Obviously, that's not how math works. It can't be fifty-six at that point. But, but the point rates—it's um, probably like four for nine or something like that. But fifty-six percent from three, seventy-one percent from the field—those are insanely efficient numbers. Like, it—that's it, wild. I—I I realize people are like, "Oh, like, like that's crazy to shoot seventy-one percent from the field." And I mean, luckily. Florida has got a solid opportunity to contain her a little bit with fate Dute and floor Tunders because they are very good interior defenders and Caitlin young will hopefully um, struggle with the offensive rebounding there or just rebounding in general and scoring in the paint. But I mean, Caitlin young is a problem that the Florida Gators have to pay attention to. And last game, which was over a week ago at this point, I spoke about Kiki Smith, lavender Briggs, Jordan Merritt, not having great games. They just didn't have great games. They weren't stellar. And again, it's been over a week since then. The Florida State game was last Sunday, I want to say. Yeah, it was last Sunday. It's the same day that the Gators played Maryland. uh, Men's Gator played Maryland. But hopefully this team is well-rested. And the big three of Kiki Smith, Lavender, Briggs, and Jordan Merritt are ready to have a good game. Because honestly, this team, from top to bottom, front to back, whatever you want to talk about, left to right, I don't care the directions you want to go. But this team, the entire roster, you need to be on your A game in order to win this one because this is not going to be an easy win by any stretch. It might be, it might be actually, yeah, it might be an easy win, but on paper, it's not going to be an easy game. And I mean, you're you're facing against Caitlin Young, who's a monster in college basketball right now. You're facing against Murray State, who's just killing opponents. 18 points differential is remarkable no matter what conference you play in, no matter what your strength of schedule is. You're blowing teams out here left and right, and that's something that's noteworthy and something that Florida Gators, you really got to keep an eye on because this is going to be killer. And, of course, this is the last game for the Florida Gators before Christmas. So yay! But this is also the last game before SEC play starts. This is the last game before conference play opens up. So this is another thing where Florida, your schedule is about to get even tougher. Hasn't been easy. It's going to get even tougher. And you've got conference games where, honestly, like who you're playing, tough schedule. That matters, of course. But when you're in conference play and you're talking about winning the conference championship, things change. Like teams are going to play a lot harder. So Florida, you've got to try <laughs> to pick up this win and get your record as good as possible. Get to 10-3 and 3 before SEC play starts because the game starts next Thursday, December 30th, the Florida Gators take on Mississippi State to start SEC play, and that is not expected to be a blowout win for the Florida Gators. So there's one more game before SEC play starts. Catch it if you can. If it's before 1 p.m. and you're listening 1 p.m. Eastern time and you're listening to this, catch the Florida Gators versus Murray State because this is going to be an awesome game. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out tomorrow as we'll probably start looking at the bowl game more in depth. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling for Locked On Gators. I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports, where you can find all of my written work. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.